everybody, welcome back to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. I'm Robbie. I'm back with another story from the book of Judges. You might remember last week we talked about a judge, Jephthah, who perhaps wasn't the most wise but was a bit swashbuckling. Uh, well, today I got a story about a man who is even more daring and strong and also like a whole lot more foolish. So after Jephthah died, there was a series of judges who the text doesn't really tell us much about. And then things got pretty bleak. And next thing we know, the Philistines had taken over Israel. They had taken over for like 40 years. You might remember the Philistines from the story of David and Goliath, which takes place later. Because they were just another group of people that lived in the same general geographic area. And before this and after this, there's a lot of conflict between the Israelites and the Philistines. And then today's story, the story of Samson, has a beginning that might be a little bit familiar to you, even if you haven't heard the exact story of Samson before. But I mean, especially if you listened to all my other episodes before. So uh, here's what happened. And I promise this is a new story. An angel visited a woman who had no children, and he said, I know you've been unable to have children, but you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be a son. Which, so far, sounds like, you know, at least three other stories I've told on the podcast. But then the angel gives specific instructions, which is that while the woman is pregnant, she's not supposed to drink any alcoholic beverages, which was usually allowed for most Israelites, and she wasn't allowed to eat any unclean foods, which was already not allowed for most Israelites. And then after the boy was born, they were never supposed to shave his hair or maybe even cut it, depending on your translation. And he would be dedicated to God from birth as a Nazarite or a person who took the Nazarite vow. Typically, that was a choice a person would make when they were older, but this baby would be a Nazarite from birth. And when he grew up, he would begin to save Israel from the Philistines. That's what the heavenly messenger told the woman. Now, please note that a Nazarite is not the same as the city of Nazareth or a Nazarene, meaning a person born there. Um, And that's the city Jesus was born in, in like the Luke version of the story. But anyway, it's not the same thing. It it might be related. I don't know. But anyway, to sum things up, there was going to be a baby born to someone who hadn't been able to have a baby and it would be a boy and he would be special. And the woman told her husband about this and her husband was named Manoah. And the wife doesn't get a name. She's just a woman or the woman. So anyway, Manoah, he like gets this message and he's like, okay, but I need more information than this. So he asks the Lord, he prays to the Lord and says, can you send the messenger again so that I can get details about how to raise this special baby? So the angel came again and he just came to the woman and he's like, hi, you're going to have a baby. Did we already do this? And so She's like, well, it's my husband. He He's insisting on talking to you himself. So Manoah went to talk to the angel. And he's like, tell me how to raise this baby. And the angel's like, well, I told your wife she can't drink alcohol and she can't eat unclean foods and she can't cut the baby's hair. So make sure that she does all those things. And then Manoah's like, well, what's he going to grow up to do? What's his mission? Give me more details. What do we need? to? Does he need a special training? And the angel's like, just tell your wife not to drink alcohol. It's not that hard. And uh, Manoah's like, oh, oh, he's like confused, but he's like, okay, well, just let us feed you something. And the angel said, uh, you could make an offering to God, I guess. Because I guess angels like don't eat. And then, but Manoah thought the angel was just like a human so they, they, you know, got an offering ready and made an offering. 
And they lit the fire, and when the flame headed up, as flames typically do, toward the sky, the angel went right into the flame and rode up to the sky on the flame. And I don't know exactly how that worked, but I'm sure it looked like magic. And then Manoah was like, wow, that wasn't human. That was an angel of the Lord. And he kind of freaked out. He's like, we're going to die. That must have been God. And we've seen God. And you can't see God and live. So we're going to die. And his wife was like, whoa, 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 calm down. If the Lord was going to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our offering. And he wouldn't have shown us these things. He definitely wouldn't have promised us a baby that we're supposed to raise. So uh, anyway... That's that. And then uh, eventually, nine months later, I suppose, the baby was born. And his parents named him Samson, which people always say Samson, like there's a a P in it, but it's actually pronounced Samson. It's actually written Samson with with no P. So that confused me. And uh, he grew up and apparently it was relatively uneventful, except that he never got any haircuts. And like, that's not a huge loss because my children always hated haircuts. I mean, I guess... They probably had to brush it and take good care of it and braid it, you know. But anyway, yeah, that's it. He grew up. Uh, But he grew up and he fell in love with a Philistine lady. Now, remember, the Philistines are their enemies. A classic tale of forbidden romance. And his parents were like, whoa, you're like supposed to save us from the Philistines. You can't marry them. And, And also, even if you weren't special, you shouldn't marry a Philistine. But what they didn't know is this was God's secret, super secret master plan that all sorts of things would happen because Samson fell in love with this Philistine lady. But anyway, they didn't know that. So they they tried to talk him out of it, but he would not be talked out of it because he was incredibly obstinate. He was stubborn. He would not be dissuaded. So they agreed to help him marry the woman that he liked. Because like in those days, in that part of the world, the parents would get involved in arranging the marriage. Even if the people picked who they were going to marry. There was like a lot of going back and forth, meeting the parents, meeting the young lady, everyone's meeting each other. And and then they're just meeting just because they want to see each other, probably. And on one of these trips back and forth, a lion attacked Samson. It's okay, though, because the Spirit of the Lord took control of Samson's body and Samson tore the lion in two pieces with his bare hands, which is a really unusual way to defeat a lion, and you'd have to be, like, super strong. And I'm not really sure, like, how the ripping of the lion in two worked. Maybe we shouldn't think too much about that. The text says he tore it like he would have torn a young goat. And maybe there's, like, a lot I don't know about goat butchering. But the text says he kept the lion thing a secret. I mean, I would want to be telling people, but, but he didn't want anyone to know yet. So uh, then on this later trip to see his lady friend, he saw that bees had built a hive in the lion's carcass and there was honey in the beehive. So naturally, you know, he's like, I'm going to eat this honey. This is super cool. Like he was nerding out about about this honey. So he decided to save some and he gave it to his family. He was like, hey, I found this honey. You should have some. But he didn't tell them where it came from because you probably shouldn't eat honey like that has come out of a dead animal, especially you know, in Israel, especially an unclean animal, both as like just a a matter of a general health practice. And also the Jewish law specifically says you shouldn't eat food that's come in contact with like unclean animals like lions. But anyway, he was, he thought that was pretty cool. And he was really pleased with himself. And then he held this big feast 
in the town where the woman he was going to marry lived, his fiance, as apparently was like customary. And maybe it was like supposed to be when they get married. And then Samson, feeling really clever, he said to the guests, I will tell you a riddle. And if you can solve my riddle, I will give you 30 sets of new clothing. But if you can't solve it, then you'll give me 30 sets of new clothing. And the riddle was out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. I'll say it again, and maybe only because you know this secret Samson backstory, which literally no one else in the story knows, you might be able to guess the riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. So if, you have, if you've ever read or seen The Hobbit, you may remember Bilbo's final riddle, What have I got in my pocket? Which you would only guess the answer to if you had like secret narrator access to the story. And Samson's riddle is kind of like that, probably, except, you know, it rhymes in the English translations. Of course, the rhyming is just a translation choice so that the reader can tell it's intended to be a poem. But anyway, that was his riddle. And um, this was like a seven day long feast, like this huge festival. And so the young man, the 30 young men he told this riddle to had like seven days to guess the riddle. They had till the end of the feast. And on, on the third day, they're like, oh, we're going to owe this this guy some stuff and we're not happy about it. So the men, the young men of the of the village went to Samson's fiance and they said, we think your fiance Samson is trying to cheat us out of our money. And if you don't tell us the answer to the riddle, we'll burn your house to the ground. And then that like scared her. She didn't tell Samson what they said, but she does say that she wants to know the riddle and he won't tell her the answer to the riddle. And she says, I'm your own fiance that you're supposed to marry and you say you love me, but you haven't even told me the answer to this riddle. And he said, I haven't even told my own mom the answer to this riddle. So why would I tell you the answer? Which is like a really questionable tactic for dealing with your fiance. Just, just saying. So she cried and she asked him over and over, what's the riddle? And she cried some more. And he got like so tired of this that he told her the answer. And uh, she immediately told the young men, and then on the seventh day, dramatic moment, when the time was about to be up and Samson was like, ha, 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 nobody guessed my riddle, they came to him and they said, Samson, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Which, as you've probably guessed, is the answer to the riddle. And Samson, who must have known this really was an unfair riddle, is like, hey, you couldn't possibly have known this. He said, if you had not plowed with my cow, you would not know my riddle now. Because he likes poems and also he's angry because he says he knows that his fiance must have told them. And also he like referred to her as a cow, which is super dehumanizing. But anyways, according to the rules of riddles, he still owed these guys the clothes. And but that's okay because he's got this under control because the spirit of the Lord took control of him and he went out and just like killed 30 Philistines and took their clothes and brought them back and like, here, here's your clothes, which didn't really make anybody happy. And meanwhile, the woman's family like just like, well, she was going to get married and Samson has run off angry. We'll just marry her to someone else. And probably Samson doesn't even want to marry her anymore. And like, we don't really want to be related to Samson at this point either because he's a little volatile you know, when he gets angry, he just kind of acts out in really scary ways. So then Samson, he did what any reasonable jilted lover would do. That's sarcasm. And he caught 300 foxes. Samson, what are you going to do with 300 foxes? How will 300 foxes heal your broken heart? Well, 
here's his plan. He tied two foxes each together, like 150 sets of foxes, and then he tied a torch to each set of their tails tied together, and the foxes panicked and ran around, and they ran over the Philistines' fields and destroyed their crops and their trees and their vineyards and their stores of grain, and it was absolutely devastating to the Philistines. And then the Philistine leaders, brilliant detectives that they are, realized nobody could accidentally tie together 300 foxes with torches on their tails, so someone had done it on purpose. So they conducted an investigation. And people were like, oh yeah, that was Samson. He was going to marry that one girl, and then he was mad. And they're like, oh, I see what's happening. So they went and they killed the woman and her family. Like, you made Samson mad at us, so you're gone. But then Samson got even more mad. He's like, you killed the woman I love. And then he went and fought them and single-handedly killed a bunch of the Philistines. And, like, the Bible's like, this is also that God could get Samson to kill a bunch of Philistines because that's what he wanted to happen anyway. Because the Philistines were, like, oppressing, oppressing the Israelites. So then the Philistines came to Judah, you know, the part of Israel, to attack those people so that the Philistines could get revenge on Samson. And then the men of Judah went to Samson and they said, uh, you realize the Philistines are in charge of our country and like they're already making things pretty hard on us. And, and now you keep killing them and the ones you haven't killed yet because there's like a lot of them. There's a huge amount of them, and they keep attacking us, and they're going to keep attacking us because of you, because you made them mad. So, like, what's your plan here? What are you doing? And he's like, Samson says, I just did to them what they did to me. And y'all can draw your own conclusions about that. But the men of Judah were like, well, I'm sorry. They're in charge, and we need to arrest you because otherwise they're going to kill us, and we're going to give you to the Philistines. So the Philistines will stop attacking. And like, remember, on occasion when God is with Samson, he's like freakishly powerful. But he didn't come here to kill Judites, his own people. He just wants to kill Philistines. So he's like, uh, you're not going to kill me? And they said, no, we're just going to give you the Philistines who probably are going to kill you. And he's like, okay, that's fine. So uh, they tied Samson up and they took him to the Philistines and then the spirit of the Lord took control of him again. This becomes increasingly cataclysmic each time. He was all tied up, right? But he just snapped, snapped the ropes off of him just like they were made of burnt thread, which is particularly not strong. And like they were brand new ropes. I'm sure someone was like, I made these really good ropes and he just broke them. Bless their heart. So he broke out of them and he picked up like, apparently there's a jawbone from a donkey skeleton just laying around. So he picked it up and he used it as like a weapon to hit people with. And he killed like a thousand Philistines. And then he made another little poem because he really likes poems. And he's like, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have made donkeys out of them. Though I have like seen it translated with another word for donkeys. And anyway, then they didn't try to get the people of Judah to capture Samson anymore. They decided they needed to take another approach because Samson was just too strong. Like he killed a thousand people, like armed soldier people all by himself with like not with like an improvised weapon. So they were like, we need another plan. Well, the plan like sort of started taking shape when Samson fell in love with some other lady named Delilah. 
we don't actually know if she was an Israelite or a Philistine, but we do know she was working with the Philistines. And it's not covert at all. It's not a secret at all. They went to Delilah, the Philistines did, and they said, we know you're dating Samson. You need to get him to tell you his weakness because sometimes he becomes really strong. Why does he become strong? How can we prevent that from happening? How can we defeat him? Because we're really tired of dealing with him. And also maybe a little scared. And we'll give you lots of money if you help us to defeat him. And Delilah's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll do that. So she's like, she just says to Samson, Delilah says to Samson, I'm like not suspicious at all. She's like, hey, Samson, how are you so strong? And if somebody wanted to capture you, how could they make you be helpless so that they could capture you and you wouldn't be able to hurt them? Just like normal, everyday dating conversation, right? I mean, I've, I've not really been on a lot of dates, but... That's actually not normal in my knowledge. But anyway, but instead of being like, oh, Delilah, you obviously don't have my best interest at heart, so we're just going to break up. He's like, he just makes something up. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. You could you could make me helpless. Like, if you tied me up with seven fresh bowstrings, then I would be weak like a normal person. And so, like, she didn't even have to go buy those herself. The Philistines were waiting. She's like, oh, he says bowstrings, like just fresh ones that have never been used. And they're like, no problem. And they, they go and they get her seven fresh bowstrings. And he comes over and he like falls asleep on her couch and she ties him up. And the Philistines are just like waiting right there. So as soon as he's tied up, she's like, um, oh, no, Samson, the Philistines are attacking you, which was the secret signal for the Philistines to come attack him. Except that wasn't really the secret. And just like he snapped through the ropes earlier, he he snapped through the bowstrings. They just all broke like they were like nothing, like a piece of grass. And then Delilah was mad at him. She And her feelings were like hurt. She said, you told me lies. You lied to me. And you made me look like a fool in front of the Philistines. Which should be a clue, Samson. That like, that's a clue there, buddy. But anyway, she's like, okay, so this time, tell me for real. You know, how can I tie you up? And like, you could be helpless. And somebody could capture you. So he says, just use a new rope. That's never been used on anything before, which isn't particularly creative because like he already was tied up with a new rope earlier in this story. Remember? So, um, I mean, y'all know how that's going to work. So she's like, she ties, he goes to sleep. She ties him up. She's like, Samson, the Philistines are here. Oh no. And then the Philistines come in and he like breaks out of the rope. And then she's like really sad. And she's like, won't you tell me how the Philistines could capture you? And he says, if you weave the braids of my hair into some fabric on a loom, you know, those big things that you weave fabric on with like yarn or threads and stuff. So she she like wove his super long, beautiful braids of hair. I, I made up, maybe they weren't beautiful, but anyway, they, they were long though, because he never cut his hair. And she wove them into the fabric like they were part of the fabric. And then when the Philistines attacked this time, like, oh, no, Samson, the Philistines are attacking you. And he just broke the loom. Like, that would, like, looms are cool pieces of equipment. And he just broke it just to be funny. <sighs> well, I mean, I guess the escaping part wasn't to be funny. But the I'm just going to make a joke about how you can capture me, even though I know it'll destroy your loom. So then, like, she's legitimately annoyed. I, 
And she's like, how can you claim to love me if you won't tell me how I can get you captured? So then he's like, well, she's really not going to quit talking about this until I just tell her how I get captured. So he just he just decides to tell her the truth this time. Like, I'm no relationship expert, but I probably would have broke up with Delilah by this point. And so he says, um, here's the truth, actually. My hair has never been cut since the time I was born. They've never shaved my head because I'm a Nazarite to God from birth. So keeping his hair long was like part of the promise between him and God. Like, usually there's a lot of parts of that promise between a Nazarite and God. But for Samson, like, keeping his hair long seems to be the one he's actually followed his whole life. It's the one his parents have made him keep since he was born. He tells her, if my hair is shaved off, then my strength will leave me and I'll be weak like a normal guy. And Delilah says, well, that actually sounds like he's probably telling the truth this time. That, that makes sense. So she, she sends a message to the Philistines and she says, this time I, I really have it, you guys. And so she's like, Samson, go ahead and go to sleep. And he puts his head in her lap and, I don't know, maybe she sings a song, pats his hair, go to sleep, little Samson. Uh, then she shaved his hair off, which is not cool. He must be a really solid sleeper. Like, I don't think I could sleep if someone was shaving my hair. So then she says, Samson, oh no, the Philistines are attacking you. And he got, he was ready to fight, but he found that he was not super superhumanly strong because the Lord had left him because like I mean you could argue like he didn't say Delilah could cut his hair but he shouldn't have told his secrets to someone who was trying to destroy him probably I don't know the the story is a little victim blamey but anyway she she did she shaved his hair off and that ended up breaking his promise with the Lord. So the Lord did not come upon him and the Philistines captured him and they blinded him and they tied him up and they made him grind grain for their food all day. And he was pretty miserable. But the text says his hair began to grow back. Now the Philistines all had a big party in their temple to celebrate their god Dagon. And um, one of the things that they were celebrating about Dagon was that Dagon had handed over their enemy Samson to them. This isn't the Lord God, to be clear. It's like a different God. And y'all know how the Lord God feels about different gods. So the Philistines said, let's bring Samson out here so we can all feel good about how miserable we've made him because of our God. And Samson says, I'm so weak and I can't see anything so could you lead me to where the temples are that support the entire temple so I can rest on those pillars that are holding up the whole building? And the boy that's leading him is like, that seems like a reasonable request since you're, since, you know, you're so blind and weak. Now the temple was like full of people. They were on the roof. They were in the temple. There were thousands of them. And everyone was watching Samson and like laughing at him because they were jerks. So then Samson yelled to the Lord, Lord God, remember me. Give me strength one more time so I can pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. And so he, he stood between the two pillars that were supporting the roof of the temple and he pushed against them with all his might and the spirit of the Lord came on him and the pillars like came crashing down and the whole temple co collapsed 
And Samson died, but so did all the Philistine people in the temple. And your happy ending there in this text is that he killed more people when he was, when he was dying than the whole time he'd been alive. And then uh, his extended family came and got his body and buried it next to his father, Manoah. And so Samson judged Israel, if that's what we're calling it, for 20 years. He wasn't the wisest, but he was probably the strongest. Uh, and that's the story of Samson. Kind of a strange one. I, 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 I like it just for its sheer difference from like any other story. Like it starts out like sounding a lot like the Jesus story. And then you get this guy who just picks up a bone from a donkey and ah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, th- let me know what you think about it. Like you can get with me on Facebook or Twitter and then come back. Oh, I've written next week, but it'll be two weeks. Come back in two weeks. I am planning to tell some stories about one of the most famous New Testament characters, the Apostle Paul. I don't actually really like him as a person that much, but as a character, oh, the drama. It gets fun. It gets interesting. Oh, there's like going to be a cameo from Jesus in that one too, probably. So, you know, be back for that. That's all for today. I hope everyone has is having uh, a healthy new year. And... um staying safe and all that thank you so much for listening to bible stories for heathen children our theme music is wholesome by kevin mcleod licensed under a creative commons by attribution until next time shine on star child okay okay so hold on just a second we're we're not ending the episode there because i i thought about it after i recorded it and i have some thoughts I'm here with my spouse, Luke, a couple days after I recorded it. Hello. And um, before we put this up, we're going we're gonna to add some thoughts to it. Because Samson is a weird, interesting story. And it, it's kind of funny. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's dramatic. But there's some problematic stuff that happens. Yes. In this story. Um, and so if you just want to hear the story, that's great. That's fine. But I, I didn't, it ended up being kind of long. I didn't put a lot of commentary into it like I sometimes do. And now I regret that. Because the way people act in this story is just really not okay. And and the way Christians tell this story, story just normalizes that. And I kind of feel bad putting these things, this, this mistreatment of women, this, you know, God's whole treatment of Samson all these issues about like consent and stuff, just putting those problematic things out without saying anything about them. So yeah, I'm gonna listen to my conscience on this. So um, I, I I wanted to talk with you about like, uh, I said in when I was recording it, it kind of struck me like, wow, this is a little like victim blaming, because because Samson gets in trouble for having his hair cut with, with God. But um, he never said anyone could cut his hair. I mean, of course, you could reasonably assume he knew she was about to cut his hair. But he still, that, that wasn't, he didn't cut his hair. He didn't say, it's fine for you to cut my hair. Mm-hmm. And in church, they kind of are like, well, it's his fault. And I'm like, you know, that's complex. But also, God, God just charges Samson with this because Samson has like one job here. And that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Because the Nazarite vow actually has several parts. So I want to talk a little bit about the Nazarite vow. One, it it could be made by a man or woman. But notice, man or woman, those are the words for grown-up humans. It wasn't a vow that a baby would take. A baby can't take a vow under, like, Jewish law. A baby can't take a vow. 
under American law, a baby can't make a contract. Because children can't agree that, that, to that type of thing. But Samson was a Nazarite from birth, which is kind of a problem. God just decided this. He decided Samson was going to be born, and he decided Samson, Samson was going to be a Nazarite. Like, he didn't get any choice. The Nazarite vow in number six, that's something an adult person decides because, and it's, it's um, one thing I forgot, it's got a, a time limit on it. It's not an indefinite lifelong oath. Mm-hmm. It's got a time limit on it. So for a time, they're going to grow their hair. They're not going to drink wine. They're not going to even eat a grape because, um, you know, wine's made of grapes. So they're not going to get anywhere near wine. And uh, they're not going to touch any dead bodies. We don't actually know, like, did Samson drink wine? His mom didn't drink wine. And that kind of apparently fulfilled that part of the oath. Right. Like, we don't know. People people argue, did Samson drink wine or not? Because he was doing all these parties and stuff. So, like, contextually, you would drink wine at those parties. Right. But does that mean maybe he didn't? Maybe he didn't drink wine. We do know he didn't refrain from touching dead bodies because, for one thing, he killed people. <laughs> and for two, he, he even ate honey out of the lion. Right. And that didn't break his vow with God. God didn't care about that. He used the jawbone of a donkey to kill mm-hmm. people. Yeah. God's just kind of using Samson this whole time, so I guess it'd be really inconvenient for God mm-hmm. to care if Samson touched this lion, because Samson's supposed to be getting mad at Philistines and killing at them. That's like the whole plan. Right. Um, so to me, the real villain in this story is like God. I mean, the Philistines as a group are oppressive, but we don't have any one Philistine who's a problem. Delilah, I mean, she's trying to get Samson captured and cut his hair. But um, Samson's kind of a danger to all of society. It's kind of the story of God creating this force of nature right? as a human being. Right. He's and, like created his own superhero right. that he gets to take over whenever he wants, whenever it's convenient for maximum destruction power, because that's what God wants to do in this story is destroy Philistines. And he wants to use Samson's body to do it. To me, that's the real issue of consent in this story, is Samson has been set aside from birth to be uh, special to God, and he didn't get to decide that. And in fact, even when he broke parts of what are traditionally the Nazarite vow, because I'm assuming he probably drank wine, but he definitely touched dead bodies, that would break the that would break the oath. And God was not like, oh, well, you don't count anymore. I guess I can't use you, which is inconvenient because I still wanted to use your body. God doesn't do that. Right. But as you say, none of that was an oath that Samson took. That's true. All of it was stuff that God imposed on Samson's parents before Samson even existed. Right. So, so yeah, that's a little, God, what are you, what are you doing here? Which, um, in the, in the Christian faith, the evangelical faith we grew up in, God can only do good. So this must be good. This must be good because God did it. And that, like, we should think more critically about things than that. So I don't know. I'm not going to tell evangelicals what to think about this story, but that's not a proper way to treat children or young adults or humans in general. I just wanted to say that. Okay, so he 
so but but eventually God does leave Samson after Delilah cuts his hair. Yes. And it's a strategic move that, by God. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, of course, because he's been captured and everyone thinks he's all weak and vulnerable, he is able to kill more people than he ever could have while he was alive by destroying Dagon's temple. And also it makes Dagon look bad, which God is like, that's like his thing. Right. That's a thing God does in another, at least one other place in the Bible, is specifically make that God look oh, ridiculous. Dig- okay. What, is that the one where, like, like the statue falls over and his head breaks off? Mm-hmm. Oh, hands. that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Philistines were like, how? We're cooler than the Israelites. We stole their Ark of the Covenant. And then God made Dagon's, like, head fall off. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's funny. Yeah, so 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 God kind of has this rivalry going on with Dagon. So he's got to make Dagon look bad. And it doesn't matter if Samson's going to die at the end. Right. Because God's goal, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but I'm saying to God, God's goal is to kill a lot of Philistines and make Dagon look bad. And he totally succeeds at that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It feels totally, it feels there's no rhyme or reason to the vow part of it in the story because Samson's hair gets cut, not by him. And so God leaves him. And as you say, that sure seems like it just is the next stage of God's plan to kill more Philistines because we, the story tells us at the end that Samson killed more Philistines during his death than the entire time he was alive. And it's like, well, sure, the text says his hair regrew, which is kind of funny. Like, it's kind of like (laughs) his power was in his hair all along. But was it really? (laughs) I mean, it really was just that was just kind of a pretext for God to take this puppet guy and do murder with him. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why not just like specific flooding why not fire and brimstone this yeah is such an interesting but i think though it's 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 not historical fact it's a story yeah and it's it's an interesting story and it's, it's a very interesting and i hope story. it makes you think about 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 things like this but i i just wanted to go on record as being like yeah god's not cool in this story yeah um well and samson never shows any care for god's laws or, or god's for his people, people. Like, it says that he judged Israel. We see no evidence of that in the story, though. It just says yeah. at one point, well, he judged Israel for X number of years, and and we don't see any leadership at all from him at any point or any concern for anybody other than himself. It's just a bunch of, you know, rampaging and riddling and... And it's kind of fun to read. He's yeah, like, it's very he's fun like to the, read. He's like the 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 anti Odysseus, yeah. you know, the character from the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's definitely the Bible story that reads the most like a Greek myth. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, anyways, um, and since I'm telling them as as myths anyway, that's you know maybe it works, but um, but as a character, God in this story is just like, Whoa, what are you doing? Anyway, that's is that about all I had said I wanted to say in this? I yeah. think so. Okay, well, uh, 10 extra minutes. This is clocking in at one of the longer episodes. So if you've stuck with this, like, let me know what you think about, like, Samson and God and Delilah and all these weird characters in this story. And, and also whether this, like, little additional bit at the end was helpful, something you'd like to see more of. Because I, I kind of felt like I didn't contextualize this story. 
very well. And, and so, you know, I added this and, you know, maybe some of you won't even listen to it and maybe some of you will. And um, I'm interested how you how you take it. I guess that's all for today. I'll be having some thoughts up on, and usually like this type of contextualizing that I don't feel like, oh, this is really important. This needs to be on the main podcast. But I do a lot of this type of stuff like every week, or not every week, every episode on um, my Patreon. And the is the new the new tier is that, I don't remember how much it is, but anyway, the new lowest tier gives you access to like the side notes that I always make. So um, if this was interesting to you, you might be interested in reading those too. So, uh, yeah, that's all for now. Thanks for doing this with me, Luke. You're welcome. So I'll see you guys in two weeks. Uh, Until next time, shine on, star child. Bye. This is the real ending. Okay, bye. (laughs)